Yo, 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 what up, world? What up, people? What up? Yo, you got Mike Simmons here. And Chidozy. And this is Dozen in the Morning. And uh, today we got a special treat for you guys. We got a special guest, my good friend and old college roommate, Christian Galindo, is in the building. What's good, guys? <laughs> What's up, Christian? How you been living, man? Been living, dude. Just living. Trying to survive in the crisis. How are you guys? Same. Um, yeah. yeah paranoid i look like i'm about to drop a store every time i go into the store but it's really just the mask that's par for the course man everyone's <laughs> in boat <laughs> yeah man i'm i'm looking like i gotta go to my my barber's been doing house calls but um i was kind of <laughs> skipping out on those so like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to give him a call like i'm looking scruffy <laughs> and uh yeah my barber hit me up he's like do you want a cut and i was like do you mean a corona cut and he started laughing but like i i was serious i was just like i'm not going to get a barber i'm not going to a barber for a while you guys just haven't embraced the bald yet you guys haven't just chopped it all off for the quarantine uh no, no. actually my stuff is actually dreading on its own <laughs> You so still like, your hair is dreading. It's like <laughs> twisting on it because I haven't combed it in like months, so I just let it go. God damn, man! <laughs> Not looking like Bob Marley after the end of this. Like I said, my kids call me. Some of the kids call me Broccoli Head, and because it's like sprouting like a broccoli on top. Yeah, so you you were letting your hair go before all this was. Yeah, like for a, it's been like several months now, but like, yeah. Probably a year. I've let it grow for a year now. Yeah, man. You got you didn't go like to the barbershop to get shaped up or anything? I just shaved the sides, but I let the top just do its thing. Uh, interesting, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta I mean you always kinda were pretty loose with your hair. So <laughs> <laughs> Dozy really lived by this whole laissez faire attitude <laughs> when it came to the hair and style. <laughs> There was there was a short period in college that I felt like you you really like you were you know upkeeping it really well and then I don't know what happened you just yeah. got got lazy with it. It was junior year when we were on a mission. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do everything we possibly could to accomplish that mission. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to lose we did. <laughs> <laughs> Once I figured out what worked, I just kept with it. So I was like, oh, this works. All right, well, I'm going to continue. <laughs> yeah, and I, I cut mine off because uh, I, I was growing my hair out, too. But then I cut it off not too much longer after we graduated. Uh, just in in the business world, I just decided to get a little bit more clean cut. Yeah, I have a question for you guys. Like, does that affect? Because, I mean, I work in education, so I see people with, like, dreads all the way to their, their shoulder work, like, in the those environments but does that affect you guys in the corporate world like hairstyles and stuff like that like do you see like is that a thing because I've, I've heard about like you can't have crazy hair or yeah that's too well like yeah. for me my office is pretty laid back since it is a creative office so we definitely see people walking around with like full arm sleeve tattoos 
wild hairstyles. We have no real dress code, so we can wear whatever we want. So you pretty much see everything across the spectrum in my oh. office. Okay, so yeah for me like they never i never felt like pressure or anything to cut my hair um i just felt like you know just if i wanted to proceed on i should try to look a little bit more clean cut um not that i don't i think it was ever an issue it's just for me personally um just for me to feel more um content (laughs) right i feel that yeah, man, like, I don't know, I, I feel like, for me, you still have to, like, look, like I said, like you just said, look clean cut, but you can, like, express yourself, but at the same time, kind of groom a little bit. Like, for me, I have been letting my, my beard grow, and when it grows, it grows all the way down to the neck. So, like, at least clean that up, and if I'm going to clean that up, you might as well just shave your sides and get get the sides cut at, the, at a barbershop. But other than that, it's been, like, is I've kind of just let it, like let it go a little bit, but as long as the beard doesn't touch the neck, I'm grooming my beard. I think I'm cool. Like the hair, I, it's kind of like I let it do its own thing. Like I said, yeah, man, that works. You can you can grow things out. You can express yourself as long as you're keeping things clean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <sighs> hey, what do you guys think about um Donald Trump saying? Uh, you can inject like Clorox fucking <laughs> Lysol in your in your bloodstream, and hopefully the COVID goes away. Did you see the doctor's reaction during the video? She like kept quiet, but made her face like like I'm not with this, like I'm not part of this, but I am a part of this. Help me. Oh, you could totally see the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song playing in her head as the camera was zooming in on her reaction. It was priceless. <laughs> It was right. Even the cameraman was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually saw a report that like 30 uh, New Yorkers actually did that. Yeah. <laughs> they like, injected themselves with some like form of disinfectant and got very <laughs> sick. Um, so I, I'd have to double check on what their status is. But this yeah. kind of thing just proves that he doesn't read a teleprompter. He's literally just up there spewing nonsense. Yeah, um, whatever comes to his head whenever he gets on TV to address the nation. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Advisor, like, how frustrated would you be at your job? Like, you show up every day, you have a plan for him. He's like, fuck this plan. I'm going to do my... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to freestyle this. I mean, prob- probably what he meant to say was like, oh, yeah, just use, make sure you use household cleaners to, you know, disinfect surfaces and all yeah. that. But... He just like was glancing over it and he saw, oh, disinfectant. Oh, they probably mean this. Like he didn't actually read whatever yeah. was in front of him. <laughs> like I thought the funniest thing was you can look at the at the video of him looking at that chart and you can see the wheels turning in his head. Like, wait a minute. Nobody thought just to inject bleach. If it's from on, the side, it's from on the inside, he thought he was going to be this hero. Like, I can't believe nobody else thought of this before. <laughs> Looking for him. Well, it's him. Hey, why doesn't he just go ahead and test it out for us? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. All the things he's recommended, like he never tested it out on himself. He's like, I, I think hydrochloroquine, whatever that that medication is good. Like he never he never took it himself. He never did any of all these things he's suggesting. So. 
Oh like yeah, but that that drug is actually I think it was used to treat uh, malaria. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I don't I don't know why, where they got the idea, and like I heard that like when they did start using it, it caused more problems than it solved. So um, that was another bust. Yeah, man, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and our leaders telling us to drink bleach, boys. We're in a rough spot. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a year for the history books. We're gonna look back on this day and just not <laughs> just be like, "Yep, that's what happened." That's what Our happened. kids are gonna look at us like we're crazy. Yeah, where were you guys that day when they called off that OKC Utah Jazz game? Because that felt like the day that everything kind of shifted and the world started taking this seriously. Yeah, I think I was at home. Um, or wait, or because what what time was that game at? It was like a five thirty six o'clock start or something like that. I was I just remember like being on transport in public transportation and them calling off the game. And then by the time I stepped in my house, I got that notification from Woj saying that Rudy Gobert had tested positive for COVID. And yeah, it changed from that. Yeah, I was probably in the same boat, like on public transportation. Get home entire NBA is canceled <laughs> and I'm just like oh man what the hell and that that's probably when like I really kind of opened my eyes about this shit like it was like damn like this is shutting down an entire you know organization that has I don't think has ever been postponed or shut down like this ever so um that's definitely what kind of opened my eyes to the uh, severity of the situation yeah, no, same here. I remember, you know, in the days and weeks leading up to it, you'd see, you'd see like a little bit of rumblings of it online, and eventually it started just to become a bigger and bigger story as it was snowballing. But that really was like the tipping point. Yeah, because then like pretty much every other sports organization had to follow. Like the the NBA was the first to do it, so then like literally every other sports organization, they would look terrible if they didn't shut down or postpone their games. Yeah, and then the next day they said that March Madness wasn't gonna happen, and that one hurt, dude, because that's gambler's paradise right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean I never win during that time, but yeah, it's it's still fun to make your bracket. And, I hope uh, no money was put down before like. Cause this shit and like just started in like March. Uh, so, cause my schools were shut down like second week of March. So I'm sure like some gamblers already had some money down on the tournament and their brackets. So I hope no money was lost. Like whatever they put down and their esports bets was like paid back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if a crooked bookie was gonna give that money back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an opportunity for them. Man, just to disappear. Yeah, like, oh, you didn't look into the agreement. Once this money is is put in, you can't take it back out. <laughs> yeah, like, you, know, you didn't read the fine print in your bookings, terms, and, and services. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Wow. I'm worried about, like, financially where we're going to be at because i know people are worried about how like they're going to get hired uh in the next coming months or even year because 22 millions is just filed filed for like unemployment right 10 almost 10 percent of americans are unemployed so i don't know 
I don't know how financially where we're at though, as a country. Yeah, man, it's certainly scary. I think like this is something that our generation hasn't experienced in our lifetimes, at least from a perspective of us working. I know that we did see this recession 12 years ago, but that was more so affecting our parents' generation. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, man. It's definitely scary because I feel like we're going to come back outside and it's going to be an entirely different landscape. Um, small businesses are definitely getting ravaged right now, and that really sucks because you know a lot of our favorite places from restaurants, bookstores, coffee shops, et cetera, are, are all small businesses. And just like yeah. seeing that go away, it's going to definitely affect local economies, and then that's going to snowball into affecting the bigger economy. True, true. I feel like some major cities are, like, some, like, major cities are built on the backs of small business. Like, San Francisco, like, there's a whole bunch of different, like, small cafes and restaurants that, like, people love to go to that they can't go to now, or they refuse to go to for, like, their own safety. Right, and this city already has enough of a problem maintaining small business if you're not kind of like grandfathered in or your building isn't rent controlled just because the like the real estate market here is out of control it's absolutely astronomical and this hasn't really slowed it down at all but we see restaurants all the time that that pop up they're trendy they have a celebrity chef attached to their name and within a few months they're out of business just because it is so hard to actually make it here fuck so, yeah, so having something like this just piled on top of it is practically a death sentence for many small businesses. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm sure L.A. is in the same boat. Um, there are definitely a lot of, like, local restaurants that I kind of uh, – or just restaurants within downtown L.A. that were just kind of favorites of mine to go to during lunch at work. And, like, I know their main business is people, you know, getting – getting off for their lunch break and just coming through. But now, like, even if they're trying to adapt to the whole delivery system, um, nobody's close enough downtown to want to have food from those restaurants delivered to them. You know, luckily I'm kind of in Rancho Cucamonga, so it's kind of like 50 miles uh, east of L.A. So all of our local restaurants, they've kind of adapted to using DoorDash and Uber Eats. And, you know, I've been I've been doing my best to try to. Well, I, I've i been ordering a lot from, you know, DoorDash to yeah. get my food to try to support the local restaurants. Um, but, you know, they they still are struggling. I actually got a message um, from when I ordered on Uber Eats. It said, oh, donate an extra five dollars to support this restaurant. And I'm just like, wow, like they they're they really are just taking a huge hit and it's going to suck if. I come back and a lot of my favorite restaurants are closed um, because they weren't able to recover. Yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. it's it's crazy. I actually saw that too earlier today. I ordered some pizza from a spot up the street from my house, and I saw the message saying if I wanted to donate five dollars to the restaurant. But you know, like if we're in a fortunate position where we can donate and we can continue to support these businesses, then I absolutely you know go for it. Like I've been, in addition to restaurants, I've been doing the same with small clothing brands too. Ones that I've been admiring just through like Instagram and Twitter. Oh, nice. Yeah, ones that are small, like they have seen some success, but 
they're not quite there with like the giants like Louis Vuitton and Gucci and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I've been ordering small articles of clothing just from them here and there, just to give them some business. <clears throat> oh shoot, which ones in particular? What's, what's, what kind of drip are you, uh, or small business drip are you uh, donning right now? Oh baby, I could talk about this forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so right now I'm wearing a sweatshirt from a New York-based brand called Ame Leon Dora. And it, it, <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> it is uh, probably my favorite clothing brand right now. It's only about five years old. It's it comes out of Queens, New York. The guy that makes it is a Greek immigrant with no prior fashion experience, and he just makes this perfect silhouette that goes between elevated clothing and streetwear. So it kind of bridges that gap of like kind of where we are right now in our lives how we're in our mid-20s now so we're kind of growing up but we still love all of this stuff like you know like hip-hop music and sports skateboarding etc so it's like that perfect combination between those things um so that's what that's one of the brands that i've been supporting another one is called rowing blazers which also comes out of new york and it's rooted in preppy fashion tradition just with a modern twist and a lot of it they're modeled by people like skateboarders so i guess that's kind of the common theme here is just like that street style silhouette but thrown on more mature clothing with elevated materials and unique cuts Yeah, but they've pretty much been on IG just saying, uh, we our stores are closed, we're struggling, we're not making that much money. So anything you guys could do right now just to buy some of our clothing on the online store, it'll take a little while to actually get these, but it's greatly appreciated. Nice. Sure, I'll check those out. Yeah, definitely. Would you say that most of the high fashion comes out of New York? Um like most of the brands that you follow and just in general? I think a, lo- a lot of them do come out of New York. There are some Los Angeles-based brands that I really like. Personally, I would like to see, and I guess this is somewhat of a pipe dream, but I would love to see more fashion brands get out of New York and just coming from my San Francisco bias be based here. Mm-hmm. Because I guess like for the listeners, I work for Gap Inc. and the Old Navy brand. And my brother is an incoming designer at Levi's. So two brands that are based in San Francisco that are behemoths, for lack of better words, within the fashion industry. So I would just like to see our city become more of a fashion hub. But, yeah. Or, I mean, they can do both. Now, but I would love to see it become more fashion forward. Yeah. I feel like the Bay Area increasingly is just becoming a place for just tech primarily. And in other places can are doing different things. But I feel like when I think about San Francisco, like it's I think about tech. That's that's like the first word that comes in that comes into my mind. Oh, as it should, because the tech is so prevalent here. It's everywhere, man. You go to all of these house parties, all people talk about are what tech companies they work for, the stock options they have and their weekend trips to Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you don't check all three 
It's not official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't check all three, they look at you like you're some kind of an alien. Honestly, I was talking to my friend. He went to uh, Berkeley. He, he went to high school with me. And he was with some roommates. And they kept talking about who, what companies they're working for. And I'm, and I'm sitting there looking like, looking at my teacher's salary. I'm like, dude, a check is a check. Why do you care what tech company they work for? And then one of their housemates was like, yeah, man, I agree with you. A check is a check. But within our circle, like people like do rank each other based on who they work for. I was like, what the? F-? I was thinking to myself, like, damn, whatever. If I can just work for one of those, <clears throat> that'd be like amazing. Oh, people are wild like that. It's such a prestige status symbol. I had a friend that was working at one of the bigger tech companies down in, where was it? It was down in San Jose. Making a really good amount of money, just short of six figures, and he was complaining about his job, saying that they don't give him this and that, and that he's trying to work at a firm in the city just because they would pay over six figures. And he was fresh out of college, <laughs> not making anything. I'm like, what are you <laughs> I'm like, yeah, damn. Like, but but like, short of six figures in the Bay Area, like it really doesn't. It's not going to get you very far. Um, like if you're if you you know depending on what your aspirations are you know if you want to go on to own a house and do oh, yeah. all this you know and you know just have all this extra money like your rent is itself probably I don't know three thousand <laughs> like if you if you wanted like a single unit without roommates probably like three thousand a month oh, and yeah. like <laughs> so like I can see why like wanting above six figures is a desirable thing in the Bay Area but you know in other places you know just below six figures is a shit ton of money oh, <laughs> anywhere else you're balling yeah anywhere else like if you lived in phoenix or let's say if you lived somewhere in texas like let's say uh el paso with six figures i'm pretty sure you'll be fine yeah you'd probably have like a fucking manor <laughs> with fucking five acres of land <laughs> like i was i was talking with mike the other day like uh, the difference if you had the same amount of money buying a house in Malibu versus buying some house in Louisiana, like you live like a freaking king down there with that money you're going to spend in L.A. to buy a house. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in Louisiana, like the government will actually like during um, like in New Orleans, the government will actually pay you 40 percent of whatever home if you buy it and renovate it. Like, that's how, so it's like, it's super cheap to go out there and buy some property. It's just the value of that property is so low, no one's going to go out there and buy it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it's sad, but that's just how it is. We should go out there. You guys want to be Bayou boys? Hey, I I, I was, I was actually in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like, uh, we went on a swamp tour, and those people, I can't see how people live like that. (laughs) Like, that is, that is crazy to me. Are you talking debauchery? Huh? Are you talking debauchery? Well, just, like, they live on the swamp. Like, they literally can't get to, they have to take a boat to get to land to get to their cars, and I'm just like, wow, like, this is a crazy lifestyle <laughs> that you live. But, I mean, they're happy down there, so I can't, I can't, you know, yeah, get can. mad about it. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was eye-opening. <laughs> I'm way too much of a city boy to survive in that kind of environment. I was in Napa, like, right before the quarantine, and I was afraid of, like, fruit flies and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I would never, I'd never live down there like that, at least. But, um, 
Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm too much of a suburban boy where just I get kind of like the open space, but I get the um, the vibe of a, you know, like kind of like the wealth of a city, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I just like being around buildings, you know, like I like being around like if anything happens, I can rent to the nearest, you know, Walgreens or like kaiser or i like being i like being where my safety is assured i don't like being like an open space where shit happens you're just gonna be left there to like dry out and sit like you know <laughs> there's something calming about being in a concrete jungle right there anything you need is just walking distance away from you and that's the the luxury of it Man, you got you're getting me all of my feelings right now. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about all the times I walked out of my house and went to go get something. <laughs> oh yeah, in these times we can't do that, or at yeah. least not as <laughs> not as often. True. Yeah, I've seen a lot more police I, around now, just taking notes, make like taking pictures and shit. I think they're tracking who's like going or a lot out more a lot, or because of their like the whole quarantine situation. I feel like police are like taking notes of who's going back and forth a lot too much and and they're just like trying to figure out like who's really staying in place or who's not but it's it's been weird seeing like a lot of police because i don't see a lot of police in the east bay and i saw the like a police on every block when i was like driving around i was like the hell did did you see the video did you know the video uh did you guys see the videos of um those ladies getting arrested because they were out in the park (laughs) Where she goes, arrest me, and the guy arrests her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know what you were expecting, like, but you know, it's 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 crazy to see that, and that you know, people are just ignoring the stay-at-home orders, and then acting like their constitutional right is being taken away when law enforcement tries to tell them to go back home. Like, it's. You know, your city, it is within your city's power to do these things um, for the greater good. And, you know, I know it, it sucks that we all have to stay home, but it's it's better than, you know, us going out too early and having to go through all this for the second half of 2020. Like, let's at least try to end it, get it out the way now and try to salvage what we have left of this year. I agree, man, fullheartedly. In the cities that you guys live do you think people are doing a decent job of a staying at home and or b well and or b wearing masks when they are outside so in alameda county it's actually a law that you have to wear masks like you have to wear your mask you're not wearing your mask like i think you're, you're gonna get stopped and you could be cited but most people are wearing masks like i was running some errands for my parents so i had to go to, to like uh like a, a restaurant depot and buy like food and most people were were like wearing masks they kind of weren't paying to the paying attention to the six foot rule but like in the south bay it's not it's not a lot so if i'm going to the grocery store there's like half the people are not wearing masks and shit like that so i'll get like a little annoyed i'm like yo fuck but yeah that's that's the difference between alameda county and santa clara county right yeah and i would say southern california is kind of mixed um I, fucking, I just saw the news right now. I'm scrolling on Twitter. 
There's a whole bunch yeah, of... Yeah, Huntington Beach, I know. Like, <laughs> or, or Newport Beach, one of those beaches. Oh, yeah, like, man, you gotta keep the OC in check, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do about those people. Like, they were protesting, uh, like, last week um, about opening up California again. And then right after that, the OC government responds by saying, okay, you can go to the beach now. And then tens of thousands and thousands of people end up on the beach the next day. And... I think that and the crazy thing is Orange County was like the first county in Southern California to report the COVID as well. So it's been there, at least known to been there for a long time. So we'll see what happens. I feel like we're just going to kind of go backwards on this as, you know, as a result of these beaches opening back up. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to. I'm going to stay my ass at home until <laughs> until I until I see everything, you know, fall into place. I feel, man, just we're doing our duty. Me and my brother were taking a walk earlier today just because we couldn't be in the house any longer. So we took a social distance walk. We wore masks and we were being upstanding citizens. I mean, we just <laughs> seeing people at parks with their kickballs and their and baseballs and, and skateboards and just all that stuff, man. And it was crazy because everybody had a mask, but they were fucking wearing it. They weren't wearing them. It was around their neck. Oh, some people had that in the store. We we're doing that shit in the store. Like they had the mask and they put it under so they can talk. I was like, yo, you don't understand why you have the shit on. It's not a. It's not an accessory. It's an actual thing you need to wear. Yeah. Now you now you know what it feels like to be a teacher and none of the kids are listening to you. You're like, dude, you need to freaking learn this stuff. And then now in the real world now, it's like, dude, you need to wear your mask or we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you the fucked up students that weren't listening to the teacher back in 95. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit. I'll look at you guys. <laughs> but you can pinpoint who didn't give a fuck about listening to the teacher in middle school. <laughs> <sighs> Crazy but time. Let's, go, let's talk about Christian. Let's talk about your um, like why? Because I know you're you're into finance, right? Yeah. Well, I work within a financial position at with Gap Bank. Yeah. What What makes you? What got you into? Because I remember you're in college. You're all, you're doing all sorts of things like money wise and stuff like that. Like what got you into all that that whole realm? Yeah. So. When I was in college, I didn't exactly know what route I wanted to take. I had done a small clothing brand when I was in high school. Um, I was selling t-shirts. I was working with an artist to design them. So I knew that I liked clothing. And then getting to college, I was actually making iPhone apps. I made a couple of games with some programmers. And I was a finance major because I knew that I wanted to be like on the business side, but I didn't look at fashion as a career opportunity just yet. I more so wanted to do tech, but from the business end. And no. um, I don't know. I just ended up, that ended up like not really panning out. I worked in private wealth management for a couple of years, which I did enjoy, but I knew ultimately I wanted to get out and do something different. And I think I really got into fashion from just from the perspective of it being an art form instead of just being 
somewhat of like a status symbol or looking at clothes, thinking they're cool and wanting them, I did start to appreciate it as an art form uh, towards the late, the latter half of college. And I just dug into it super deep upon graduation. Me and my brother were buying Supreme, which I feel like was a rite of passage because that's how so <laughs> people get into it. Yeah, I remember um, <laughs> back then, like your the, the the was it a Supreme and Puma mix? Um, I had your brother buy me. The, you you guys went and stood in line, and I had you guys buy me the socks. I still have those socks. Oh, um, those are so fire. Yeah, I know. Like, the, yeah, those are like the most probably the most fire like clothing item I have in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, pink dolphin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pink dolphin and uh, yeah, that shit was hard. But yeah, um, yeah I remember like that's kind of like when that was kind of like the beginning of I saw you like really starting to get into it. Yeah, man, it was yeah around that time is where I started really just diving into it, and it it got to a point where I couldn't really picture myself doing anything else. So luckily, I was able to secure a position at Gap Bank, and I'm in a role that's um, well, I'm in a department called inventory management which is like a hybrid financial analyst and buyer. We work cross-functionally with people to that design the clothing, the people that assort into it, like the people that actually pick what clothes we're going to sell. And then we act as like the financial analyst and buyers towards the clothing. So we make our financial plans. Then we buy the actual units of clothes. And then every week we analyze the business of how they're doing and use that data to inform how we're going to buy like the next season. Yeah, so it's highly analytical, but it's also creative from the standpoint of you do kind of have a say in what you're buying and how much of it you're buying. So that's what I really like about it. Damn, yeah, that's dope. (laughs) I I never, like, would have, like, looked at business that way. Like, my mind for business is just, (laughs) I have no clue what goes on on the, you know, development side and... Yeah. you know how all that works i'm pure just numbers. engineering numbers <laughs> and um get the job done kind of thing so it's really interesting to hear you know that side of of business and you know how things are developed yeah it's really interesting and i kind of stumbled into this because i didn't know what capacity of fashion i really wanted to be in but this just felt like a the perfect match because I was coming from wealth management where we're pretty much like like running numbers through Excel and I had that interest in clothing. So yeah, again, I just stumbled into it. I didn't really know that it existed and it worked out. And it's cool because I could really wear whatever I want to the office. So I can get by wearing all of the crazy shit that I've bought over the years. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's dope. Yeah. You can stun on your coworkers, but you haven't, you don't know about this Supreme North Face collab or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about this Supreme Nas tea. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, when it comes to Supreme, because I, I, I used to see your. I really wanted to get you on here because I used to go on Snapchat. I see some, like Christian Galindo have like the newest Supreme. Like he'll show like the pictures of it all the time. When I, when I just graduated, I was like, dude, what the hell? Like he'll have like the newest Supreme thing that just came out and he have like a picture of it and still in the plastic. And I was like, oh, this is freaking dope. And there was this one 
Like, I'd never forget it, but I'm still holding the trigger on buying it. There was a Supreme North Face jacket. That was the sickest thing I've seen. Like, but, like, they're reselling for, like, $3,000, 900 you know, like, pretty much up, like, north, like, or $500. Like, those collaborations, I'm just, like, dude, I'm just, like, con- contemplating one day. Oh, yeah. Supreme Collaborations, the resale value on that is through the roof. I could never get one of those North Face jackets. Um, the hype cycle around Supreme in general is just on another level now. When me and my brother first started buying it in 2016, it was still attainable. You could still log onto the website on Thursday mornings when the clothing drops and actually be able to buy it. Nowadays, things sell out in like five seconds. Supreme is trying to do anything to prevent people from using like computer programs called bots Sorry. to buy the clothing automatically. So they're denying credit cards. It's a mess. I haven't been able to buy anything from Supreme for like two years because my credit card keeps getting declined. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I think they just randomly deny people. Damn, this sucks. No, when, when I was... Uh... So, like, for me, growing up, like, I, I wasn't, like, too big on clothes. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it's, like, I always wanted, like, when I was young, it was always about FUBU and, like, Rock Aware, Wu Wear, and, like, the Wu-Tang Clan had their own fashion brand, so I was super into that. So I go online and look at all that stuff to, like, see, like, where to buy it and stuff like that. But obviously my mom was like, we're not buying that crap. You're going to Ross or Marshalls and getting your clothes. <laughs> I was so Because Every year I'd come up with a proposal to tell my mom, like, hey, mom. Like, so it's a new year. I'm going into fifth grade. You know, things are changing. You know, I got to get my rep up in the school. So here's what's going to happen. She's like, shut the fuck up. We're going to Ross. So I was like, no. I don't understand. <laughs> like, my mom, I want yeah. <laughs> let's see i think i think my fashion in middle for like uh, uh, end of elementary school slash middle school was uh south pole oh <laughs> I, I had like everything uh-huh. was was south pole i had the giant tees uh the baggy jeans just all south pole and then some nikes yeah. <laughs> on my feet and i thought it was hard <laughs> it used to be the uniform yeah, that that was like that was the way to go. You couldn't go wrong with an extra large T-shirt, baggy jeans, and Nikes. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you guys ever used to tie up the rubber bands at the end of your uh, your your pants? I used to tie the end of with the rubber band. Like I don't know, like, like it was a style back in my middle school where you had like baggy jeans and it was all the way to the you know, like your the heels of your shoes and you just kind of tie up the end with a rubber band. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't do that. We would just cuff them. <laughs> yeah, I know people that would do that, but honestly, my pants were just always frayed and torn up at the bottoms. Nice. Well, did, did it, was high waters ever a thing in your school? Not really. See, we had a uniform, so I could only dress like that on yeah. the weekends. True. <laughs> no, the uniform, we were no. wearing corduroy pants and polos. Oh, okay. That makes it because, like, when I was in, I went to a private high school, but my public elementary and middle school, like, I think clothing and how you dress was like a status thing. Like, so if you have like a lot of brand names, it'd be like, uh, like, oh, like you're that kid. So when I was coming into middle school, like, I had like a little growth spurt. So all my pants were like 
kind of reaching the ankle. So nowadays, like having ankle length pants is cool. But like in middle school, it was like, you're wearing high waters. That's whack as hell. So like if you're wearing it, they'll be like, Chidozi's wearing high waters. You got high waters. And they call it high waters because the pants are not all the way down to the shoe. So if they're like touching the ankle or touching the shin, it's high waters. And they'll just point to it. And they'll be like, you got high waters on. You got high waters. I'm like, and I'll be like, I don't have fucking have high waters. I just grew. Like, this is not this is not what happened. I didn't deliberately do this. I just grew overnight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy because now everybody wants to wear pants where you can see your ankles. People even Yeah, I'm saying pants. it doesn't make sense. So I was so mad back then. I was like, dude, I just want to wear these pants. Like, even though they're a year old. So I think in eighth grade, what happened was um, there was this our family friend, he opened up this hip-hop, like, themed clothing shop, and I always wanted to go in there, so I'm like, dude, I gotta go in there, so my cousin, um, we own a store, my cousin was like, come in, my cousin was like, oh, yeah, you want to go there? All right, for sure, so, like, she takes $60 out, we go shopping, and I end up seeing these, like, LRG jeans, I'm like, I gotta get LRG jeans, because when I was in school, LRG was fucking the shit to me, so I, I got those, it had a little cool design at the back, then I got another pair of jeans, it was like shiny, and then that's when Jim Jones was popular. So I'm like, Jim Jones and Dipset, they're always wearing shiny shit. So I'm like, all right, I got that too. I got a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, like a Japanese-themed t-shirt that said Ivisu all over it. So I was like, fuck, this is dope. But I noticed like I didn't have enough money to buy a lot more other things, right? So I come home, my mom raises a fit. She's like, what the fuck? You spent $60 on clothes? I'm like, look, mom, look what I got, but I still need more jeans. She's like, no, that's it. That's all the shit you're wearing all year. I was like, fuck. So um, I start wearing the clothes, right? And I realized, like, dude, I grew up all my jeans from, like, the year before. I only got these two pairs of jeans to rock. So I'm rocking the LRG jeans. They're black. And I'm like, okay, I got to wear the other pair of jeans. So as I start wearing the other pair of jeans, kids are like, yo, is that a butterfly in your ass? I'm like, dude, it's not a butterfly. It's just a, it's just a shiny design. So if you look at the back of the jeans, I thought it was it would be like a shiny sequined X. But kids kept saying it so much that day I wore it. So I went back home and I was like, what the fuck? So I kind of look, I hold it up and look it up to the light. And I kid you not, the shit looks like a little bit of like a shit looks like a butterfly in the back. Cause like it, it, it's like a sequined X. But like the ends of the X are kind of like curvy. There's a little colorful stuff sh- like shooting out of the middle of the X. So I fold that shit up, put it in the shoebox, stuff it on top of the closet. I don't wear it. I don't wear it for another month and I alternate every other month. So I'm like, shoot, I'm just rocking these one pair of jeans for the rest of the year. I'm just going to change up the shirts, the shorts, and then the shirts. I'm going to change up the, the sneakers a, a bit. But everything on the top, like maybe I'll wear a different sweater or shirt just to throw these kids off so they don't, don't, they don't notice. Obviously, the kids still notice, but I was, I was so pissed. I had to rock those one pair of jeans the whole year. <laughs> God damn, Dozy. <laughs> you, that is I feel like you had a huge thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like you had just such a rough, like, <laughs> like grade school. <laughs> no, my thing was like, I was so I was so pissed, but at the same time, like I really loved LRG, so I was like, "Fuck it, if I have to rock LRG jeans all year, that one pair I rock it all year." But then I threw I try to throw the kids off every other month or something, like I pick a random day and wear those like <laughs> wear the the flashy jeans, which uh, apparently the, the butter, yes. like, I had to fight kids off. I was like, "Dude, 
this is the next. Like, but we were like, public school is a little savage. Like, kids are all clowning each other. I remember there was this one kid. He was uh, middle from Middle Eastern descent. Really cool kid, funny. He was a little chubby. He was like, really chubby. And this was before like sweatsuits were popular. So as you know, like Jordan sweatsuits are becoming more popular. Like wearing some athletic wear, like matching top and bottom, is like a little more coming out again as like a fashion thing. But before that. Um, Having like a Jordan velvet sweatsuit wasn't like the thing to wear like in school. So this guy, like in the middle of spring, fucking wears a Jordan sweatsuit and it's like can't like cream colored beige. But the thing is like he's kind of a chubby kid, so all the parts you don't want to see are like hanging out. So this guy gets eaten up in middle and this is in middle school, he's a seventh grader, so he gets eaten up by everybody. Everyone is clowning this kid. Everyone's fucking him up so bad. Cause he thought he was gonna style on everybody. Then he wore a fucking sweatsuit to school, a velvet sweatsuit, sweatsuit, and everyone was killing him. And I, like, I, it's the last, it's the last hour, right? It's the last hour before we get let out. I know everyone's had their peace with him, so I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, I was kind of a jokester in school, so I'm like rubbing my hands, like, kind of sneaking up to him, like, getting my own, like, two cents in. And I, I kid you not, I'll never forget this. He's looking straight at, at like, so we're on the blacktop. He's looking straight at the soccer field. He's, like, literally pissed off the whole day. I'm like, yo, uh, you know what I'm saying? You look like, and he stops me. He's like, Chidozi? He, he, he got pissed me off. He said the N-word. He's like, yo, nigga, I will beat your ass. Don't say another word. I will beat your fucking ass if you say this shit. If you tell him to say some shit to me, I'll beat your ass. And I'm like, but I want to, I'm just going to try to say it. And he's, he's like, no. If you say something to me, I'm going to come at you. And the thing that pissed me off, he let everyone else have a piece at him. But apparently he would have not let Chidozi. He's where you drew. <laughs> you were where he drew the line. <laughs> like the day I get roasted by Chidozi will be. <laughs> will, will be the day I get expelled from this school. <laughs> These are all things that would only happen to you, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you brought up velour sweatsuits, though, man, because that brought me back to my childhood. I was I was in Las Vegas. As like an eight-year-old, <laughs> and I remember seeing Nick's legend Charles Oakley walk through the Mirage in a full Sean John velour sweatsuit. <laughs> it changed my life. <laughs> I, I think that might have been one of my style awakenings, man. <laughs> no, it was fly, but like sometimes in middle school, everyone's into their own like. People are kind of conforming a little bit, trying to figure out themselves, trying to figure what's not to do, what to do. No one fucking rocks a sweatsuit in a public middle school. Like, like I know it's fly and everything. You could do that as an adult. But I think, like, you know, when, when kids in school, they have this, like, annoying, like, weird mindset. Like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. So when he did that shit, it was like, yo, you are the unicorn in the room. We're going to eat you up. And then I wasn't, like, trying to be a dick to this kid. But, like, I thought it was like, oh, everyone's joining in. All right, well, it's it's my time. But he shut me down so quick. He was like, no, not you. Not you. Everyone else, but not you. No, it was funny. I don't think he graduated with us, though. I don't know if he, he made it through. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what he looks like now. I just remember that incident. It was most... It was the most funniest thing. I remember when we were at the Boys and Girls Club, we were still talking about it. Like, it was the thing, it was like the talking, most talkative thing at the whole, the whole school. <laughs> and then I had these, um, 
I didn't I didn't smoke weed at the time. I, I I mean I don't really do it at all. I mean, but I had weed shorts. That's that's the one thing I bought from the store. So like it had cannabis plants all over the shorts. So I wear those like every other like some random days in the spring. I wear the shorts, and I kid you not, like all the people were looking at me like, yo, Joe, you got weed on your shorts. But it was kind of like a cool thing. Like I did, but I was a super innocent kid. I didn't get in, I didn't I didn't get into any trouble that much. Um. I was in honors classes, so it was fun. I got, like, some cool points as a nerd kid just wearing weed shorts to school. People were looking at me like, oh, nice. Okay, dope. Like, oh, that's pretty sick. Like, all the cholos and shit like in school were, like, smiling and shit. I was like, all right, okay, cool, cool. But I'd, like, wear it just to throw kids off. So that was, like, one of my – that was a couple of my stories. From I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle in more later on, but, yeah, that's about it. Good <laughs> So. Speaking of early 2000s old school fashion, and Mike, I think you're going to be able to relate to this because we both grew up playing basketball. But yeah. those like 2XL basketball jerseys oh. with the oh, big yeah. underneath. Oh, remember remember when we had that party? <laughs> Where oh. we, we, both, we, we both wore the, the large <laughs> basketball jerseys. I think I still have the picture of us <laughs> wearing that. <laughs> That'd be a great uh, thumbnail for the pod. <laughs> but um, I, I think, okay, was that the best party we threw at that house? The early 2000s? It had to be. We worked <laughs> our asses off on that playlist. Yeah, we spent, like, we spent hours just, like, thinking of new songs to bring up, and, like, <laughs> and, like, it, it, it went off. <laughs> uh, I had all of my high school friends come down from the city for that party. We, like, basically shut off all of our responsibilities, ignored our housemates, didn't do our homework for hours just so we could put together <laughs> a damn playlist, which I still follow on Spotify. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I still use it. I think I actually had... I had another 2000s party um, post college, and I pretty, I'm pretty sure I used that same playlist. <laughs> now it's timeless, so we can be using it. I gotta get that playlist. I gotta figure. I gotta see that, so I can start to do some Harlem shakes in my room right now. <laughs> oh man, amazing party! For, for the listeners out there that don't know, Mike used to be the Great Gatsby of Santa Clara. <laughs> the Great Gatsby. <laughs> We would call them mic functions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what, what, that first Wednesday of the school year, junior year, or that first Friday, one or the other, yeah. where you do a party, and we were like, okay, let's see, like, let's see how many people show up, and the whole house is going up. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was absurd. Oh, man. And it just, it just, I think it, it started with, um, because we threw the, uh, what party was that? Like for the incoming freshmen that come a little bit before opening day, um, we threw it for like the lead kids or whatever, and uh, then that's, that's where uh, it, it kind of like the house kind of got established as the the party house. Yeah, man. Maybe we are immune to coronavirus already. <laughs> yeah, like we. Cronus. Uh... <laughs> I mean that house didn't have a didn't have a screen door for like two months. Did <laughs> so we, we ever we actually got one installed? And our, our downstairs bathroom was never functioning. Oh, and yeah, that bathroom had seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh man. 
No, no, I'm like, you know, I'm fully going down memory lane right now, and I'm just thinking of like all the awful things that we saw in that house. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking through all my my archives right now of all the pictures I just sent you guys one of the, from that from that day of the oh. 2000s party. <laughs> Yesterday, um, the Kappa Sigs and I were doing. Oh, I said, I said the name. Maybe we could edit out the name, but <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> the Beep. <laughs> the fraternal organization that I was a part of. <laughs> that, uh, a lot of us, uh, a lot of them moved up to moved up to the city, so I see them uh, pretty much like every week. And we were having a Jeopardy game yesterday, <laughs> and like the top, like one of the topics was glory days, and we, it was just all those, like, all of this shit that we used to do that I don't know how we all lived through. I just don't, I I probably can't say specifics right now because I'd be incriminating certain people. God, just incriminating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh this is serious. So much stuff. Yeah, we we got into a lot of trouble at that house. <laughs> Did a lot of things we shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> it's all part of being young, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't trade that for the world. <laughs> Yeah, I'd I'd say like living there was the peak of of our college careers. Definitely it was yeah. like <laughs> I don't think I've had that much fun in my life for an entire year. Like I don't think I can ever relive that kind of situation ever again. No, definitely not, man. I need something clean now. Yeah, <laughs> we could we could definitely do that while we're in college. <laughs> even yeah. even when we got senior year and we were on dark side, at least like that house was clean. Relatively, oh, yeah, that was the more, yeah. except for so, the beginning when the fucking roaches were there. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> not great. <laughs> okay, yeah, so more like, like chill senior year because young guns. <laughs> oh, I see the photo. That's hilarious. <laughs> Our Stoudemire jersey that's like three sizes too big, and uh, Mike is in a Dwayne Wade jersey. Yeah, Mike, Mike stand on the camera like that, Chris, and you're like, because we're probably already blasted. Yeah, yeah, I, I look like I'm already not doing so hot. Christian's like, well, I gotta. Christian, you already look like you're ready. You're, you're like, you're in your third handling. You just like, oh, I gotta take a picture now. Oh shit. Okay, there we go. I don't know anything about handles. I never joined you guys on the island. Uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about those. <laughs> That was that was an absurd time. I don't know how you guys did that, and it wasn't even a lot of you. It was just you, Jalen, Solomon, and Gersh. <laughs> yeah, but that, that ended up in a great night. <laughs> yeah, it ended up. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, guys, well, it was great to catch up and reminisce about old times, but. Uh, we got to bring this to a close here. Um, this was fun, man. Yeah. So for the listeners, uh, look forward to our next podcast. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet. Um, just keep you guys updated on everything that we see in, in the world. Um, so uh, I th- want to thank our special guest, Christian, for joining us today we had a lot of fun thanks christian 
Right on. Thank you, boys, for having me. It's been great catching up with you. Let's take this offline one of these days and just go down memory lane because this was amazing. Um, shameless plug, follow me on Twitter at MrCXG. That's M-R-C-X-G. <laughs> for all your fashion advice um, and uh, fashion and finance advice, he's there. Thin fashion, that's what we call it. We call it thin fashion. <laughs> I will be your guy. <laughs> yeah, man, we'll hop on this. And uh, actually, um, yeah, so thanks, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.